from One World Trade Center, where we can't figure out a 401k, but we can fill out a fantasy lineup. Welcome to the Golf Digest Fantasy Podcast. Welcome back to the Golf Digest Fantasy Fix Podcast. I'm Alex Myers, and as always, I'm joined by Joel Beal. On tap this week is the Deutsche Bank Championship, which is the second event of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Of course, we got off to a exciting start at the Barclays at Bethpage Black, the first FedEx Cup playoff event. And first, I'm just going to start with a little bit of a rant because I know everybody always has their sob fantasy stories, but Joel and I have a fantasy golf team, Masters of None. We drafted Patrick Reed with the eighth pick. The first week of our fantasy season didn't count for some reason. We still don't understand it. This was our first year in the league. Brant Snedeker won that week, and he's on our team also. We did not get credit for that win. We went through the entire regular season. We did not have one player on our team win an event. We got eliminated by a single point from the playoffs, and last week was the first playoff event, and lo and behold, Patrick Reed wins. So again, we did not get credit for this victory. So anyway, Joel, I'm obviously a little ticked off about this. What what was your take about the Reed situation? Every time I saw him make a birdie putt, I felt like he was giving us a middle finger. <laughs> exactly. It was it was a, it defied logic. It, yeah, it really cuz I mean, Snedeker and Reed, they really had good years this right, year without right. me. Obviously, Snedeker they were good picks. Wins. Yeah, yeah. They, they played really well. They just couldn't break through until after the season right. ended. Which by the way, why did the season end? It's right. still Exactly. Still three events left. I don't and get that why at all. was there an exhibition week? I still don't get it. But yeah, the odds of this, the two bookend weeks that don't count, we have a winner. I just can't. There, there's been amazing. multiple actions of malfeasance. I feel like yeah. in this league, we need to. Not granted, maybe if I'd actually read the rules, I could understand yeah. this. Which Same. They were. Know. They're pretty long. Exactly. Yeah, we don't have time for that. Yeah. Exactly. Well, anyway, we we move on. Uh, Patrick Reed, the win counted for him. Obviously, it counted in the FedEx Cup. He he jumped. Uh, up to number two in the standings. One, no, number one. I'm yep. sorry. Of course, he's number one. I I say that because it's interesting. He's still only a ten to one uh, bet in Vegas to win, whereas Jason Day is still like three to one favorite, even though he's fallen to number two. And so Patrick Reed not getting uh, enough love, I don't think, to to kind of keep this run going. But, uh, but more importantly, he did get the Ryder Cup. Yes, spot, though. he got the Ryder Cup spot. Um, and, of course, uh, we have the first eight guys from the U.S. team. The only thing that was really exciting, obviously, was Ricky Fowler completely throwing away his spot and thus letting Zach Johnson keep the eighth spot. Does it really matter, though? Both those guys are probably going to make the team, right? I think Fowler, especially, <clears throat> not only when he went down to the Olympics, it seemed like a lot of a wink-wink. Like I'm, you know, I know I'm kind of hurting myself missing points at a few other events. By all accounts, you talk to people around around the situation. It sounds like Fowler's going to found it. He, the fact that he went then to Greensboro, mm-hmm. I think, helped his cause. And he played well for 68 holes, too. Um, and let's be honest, I bet he did the struck, but those 15th and 16th holes at Bethpage aren't exactly you know, walk in the park by any means. They're tough. Um, yeah, I think as long as he doesn't totally self-destruct here in the next two weeks, I, I would be shocked if he's not a captain's pick. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's a lock to make the team. I think he, just for his own you know, confidence or, or whatever, but he wanted to make it on the points. I think there is somewhat of a distinction. I, I know I did the podcast with Jim Furyk last week. He said that once you get to the Ryder Cup, no one's thinking, you know, so-and-so is an automatic and so-and-so is captains. And I'm sure that's the case, but I, I'm sure 
individually, you'd rather make it obviously on points. You'd rather kind of know that you earned your spot versus had you know you had to be picked by by the captain. And uh, but but certainly, I think Ricky Fowler is going to be there. I think that would be a huge shock if he wasn't. Uh, quick thoughts on the European Tour. Uh, sorry, the Europe European. Ryder Cup team, although it basically is a European Tour Ryder Cup team. It's funny. I feel like yesterday when the news first broke that it looked like Luke Donald was going to be a pick. Oof. I think that you saw a lot of fervor of what the hell's Darren Clark thinking. Now that he went Thomas Peters instead of Russell Knox, which I think a lot of people thought he or not thought, but expected that he deserved a spot. I feel like it's a little more reasonable. Which what I don't get though is that you usually have one of these captain spots for a veteran. The fact that he went two veterans in mm-hmm. Keimer and Westwood who. Yeah, Westwood actually played really well at the Masters, mm-hmm. and he had a nice showing for a couple of days at, at Oakmont. He's been really quiet since then. He hasn't really done much of merit. And, and same with Keimer. He had these. He had a nice PGA championship, but for most of the year, hasn't played that well. I think those are the picks that kind of deserve some scrutiny right now rather than the Thomas Peters call. But I, I feel like if you just chalk anything up to it's a veteran's pick, you kind of get away with it a little bit more. Well, and especially on the European side where all their veterans have these incredible records. It's not like the U.S. guys with, you know, Furyk has a terrible record and Mickelson and obviously Tiger didn't have a great record either. These guys have all been on winning teams their whole career. Uh, Westwood, I believe, has the most points, or he's right up there. He, you know, he, he's been the st- a stalwart for this team. So, yeah, they, they can fall back on the experience. I agree, though. It was amazing how those two guys were sort of the, the guys who he was clearly going to pick. Meanwhile, neither of those guys have won a tournament anywhere in over two years. Uh, Keimer's last win was the U.S. Open, which, again, he won the U.S. Open. I'm not, but, but that was two, over two years ago. That's outside of the window of points that even count for this Ryder Cup, technically. Uh, Westwood, it was even before that, I think in April of 2014, a, a European tour uh, win, the last one that he had. So it's not like these guys have been tearing it up. Thomas Peters has won three times on the European tour in the past you know, year and a half. I mean, he's, he's playing some great golf. I agree, he should have been on. Russell Knox, if you look at the numbers, he is the sixth highest ranked European player right now. He's the only European to win twice on the PGA Tour this season, and he's ranked 20th in the world. And somehow he didn't make the team. It's just so, bizarre that if he was an actual, so he wasn't a, a member of the European Tour last year. If he was, he'd automatically right. be on he the team. He would have been on it already. He would have got credit. So I think Easily, yeah. It just, it's silly. It really is. It's one of those things where it makes me wonder if it's really worth building up so much. If something as right. simple as that is overlooked. Right. And I'm, again, not to harp on this, but I don't think, right, neither of us are arguing about these three picks even although if we were again Keimer is the shakiest one to me but if you line them up one through 12 you've got to find a few guys who you you'd kick off instead of uh Russell Knox and again you know regardless it, it probably won't make that big of a difference in the long run but you know it's kind of stinks when you have a year as good as he had and and you do all the right things you join the European tour you even play a few events over there and then you don't get put on the team Anyway. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see a Curtis Strange in 95 from Keimer or Westwood. But if it happens, yeah. this will definitely be the conversation yes, we return to. definitely, definitely. All right, so we move on. TPC Boston, the Deutsche Bank Championship. Usually a pretty exciting event. We've had some good good battles here, some some good low scores. It's going to be a little easier than Beth Page Black, which was no a, kidding. <laughs> a beast and, and, you know, played in pretty good conditions and, and still 9-under was, was the winning score there. Uh, who who's who are you uh, going with this week at the top of your lineup? Well, the first guy that pops out is Sean O'Hare, and 
just for the record, no, I'm not just looking at what happened at Bethpage. We, don't get me wrong. We're both pretty lazy, but not that lazy. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong. His play at the Black Horse certainly does help his case. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a very nice track nice track record at, at TPC Boston. Finished fourth here last year. Uh, two other top tens at this event. Moreover, he had a really rough summer stretch where I think he missed four of five cuts. But he did place 22nd in Greensboro. And then before last week, obviously, had, had a nice little showing. So I think he's gearing up for a nice little playoff run. Yeah, I mean, when you when you see that name that high up there, Sean O'Hare, you just think back to a few years ago. I mean, he was a big up and comer. I mean, he really was supposed to He's be. He's already thirty four years old. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, he was one of the guys that Tiger even looked at. I was like, this guy's going to be you know a great player, and and he looked like he would be. But it's good to see him playing well again. And yeah, still he's thirty four, which kind of blows my mind. But he's still got plenty of time, so that's good. Are you saying that because? Uh, you mean that, or because he's at the same age as you? And you're well, yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> good catch there. Yeah, we've got a lot of time left, both both myself and Sean. We've got we've got a, good, a lot of good days ahead. I'm going to keep telling my myself that. Sean, thank you. You gave you know little motivation for myself with that runner up there. Um, I am going with Phil Mickelson, and last week he was my pick to win. Um, I think I'm just going to go ahead and pick him again to win this week just in case he does because it has been a long time since he won, obviously, the 2013 British Open. So it's been a long time. He's made the Ryder Cup team easily because he's he's had a great bounce-back season this year at age 46. But um, the wins just haven't come. This is a place, though, where not only did he win in 2007, and this was the first year of the FedEx Cup playoffs, he took down Tiger Woods head-to-head, the final group on the last day. And, oh, by that, the last day is not Sunday. It is a Monday finish. This is the rare Monday finish. That also means you have an extra day to set your fantasy lineups. Tournament doesn't start till Friday. So if you turn it on Thursday, it's not on. That's why. Anyway, Phil Mickelson took down Tiger Woods at his peak in 2007 at TPC Boston. He gets it done this week. He breaks the winning, the winless streak. Yeah, Mickelson's Great story. an interesting case this year. You mentioned the zero wins, but... He's been there at four or five different events coming oh, down yeah. on Sunday, and if you look at the kind of ancillary stats, the sabermetrics, if you will, he's one of the best players really outside Jason Day and mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson, and oddly enough, Ricky Fowler's right in that mix as well. Um, so if you're looking for a reason why to pick Ricky here in the next couple of weeks, that would be it. But yeah, you're right. I mean, Mickelson, the numbers say he's due. Uh, obviously, golf doesn't necessarily work like that all the time, but if, if you are a very number-centric guy, I think all signs really point to Mickelson. And one thing also helping him this week, his putting's been a lot better really since uh, Royal Troon, and this is a course that, that obviously every course on the BGA Tour you need to putt well, but the TPC Boston especially really rewards the good putters, which I think plays in Mickelson's favor. Speaking of which, my next pick is Steve Stricker. Steve Stricker is a great putter. You Still, get really excited about he, that. <laughs> he's the Strick Show. I get excited when I talk about the Strick Show because it's he, he puts on a show on the greens, and uh, he, I just looked it up. He's actually – Fourth in strokes game putting this year. I was wondering if he even qualified, if he played enough events, but he has. He's fourth right now on the list, so the putting touch has not left him. Uh, he's played well here before. He won this event. He also has a runner-up here. And it was interesting, last night there was this party. Uh, Davis Love was on hand to unveil the, the Ryder Cup uniforms, and he was talking about his vice captains, and he mentioned that when he makes his picks in a couple of weeks, he's going to go way further down the list than people think, at least to consider. And he mentioned Steve Stricker, who is one of his vice captains already. But he said, you never know, Steve Stricker could get hot 
and still make the team. So if Steve Stricker heard that or if Steve Stricker knows that, I think he's motivated. He knows he needs another good week just to advance to uh, the top 70 for the BMW Championship next week. I think he's got the motivation. I think he gets it done on a course that he likes. Yeah, two things about that. One, I was going to ask you before you mentioned that. Everyone keeps mentioning uh, Furyk as the possible veterans pick yeah. here. One that I don't necessarily you know disagree with, but I feel like if you are looking for veterans, it almost seems like since Oakmont, Stricker's had the better resume. I, I, I know Furyk obviously did have the second-place finish at Oakmont, had the 50 58, but really you look at it and you're like, man, Stricker's been very consistent, especially that, that showing at Troon. Do you think there's actually any merit to that, or do you think Love's just saying that for the sake of conversation? I think there's merit to it, but I think Stricker would have to do something special, like Couple win, top tens. win one of these tournaments. You think it's actually a win? Yeah. Okay. I mean, no, okay. If he finished top 10, top 10, top 10, maybe he gets that last pick. Uh, maybe, maybe. But he'd, he'd be a very popular pick. Yes. And, it, and everybody always says pick a great putter. And, you know, and of course, he's st- again, he's still one of the best putters in the world. Um, yeah, you know, again, though, you, you can isolate this or that. Yes, since Oakmont, then, you, then you're excluding Furyk's um, runner-up there. They've had similar seasons. They both weren't doing much at the beginning. Obviously, Furyk was ha- had wrist surgery. He was out. They both have one really great finish in a major. Stricker finished fourth at the Open. Furyk finished second at the U.S. Open. They both have one other really good finish. Stricker was runner-up at FedEx, mm-hmm. St. Jude. And, um, of course, Mr. 58 shot 58. So – they have similar kind of records this year. I, I, I think, uh, I think it is going to come down to these last few events for both of them. I, I think the the other guys that we've mentioned that are kind of are right outside there, the big names: Ricky Fowler, Matt Kuchar, Bubba Watson. They probably don't have to do as much as either of these two guys. Mm-hmm. You know, the those Ricky Fowler could probably miss the next three cuts, and I think he'd still get picked, frankly. But these other guys Davis could not do just, that. He just sweat it. Yeah, that, that would be. That'd be a tough spot to put him in. But and then second question, though, to follow up that, I need more about more information on this polo party. Oh, the polo party, been. yeah. Well, Is, it was, was it as highbrow gas as I've heard so was. far? It was an exclusive party. I even wore a jacket. Could uh, explain why I wasn't there. Whipped it out. You were not. You were not there, Joel. I, I you know, it, I don't think it was really your crowd. Uh, to be no. honest, it, it wasn't really my crowd either. To be honest, but no, it was a great time. Uh, there were some fancy people there. There were some fancy drinks. The Pims Cups were uh, were flowing. I think they called them the Ryder Cup Pims Cup. Uh, wow. I think there was a little play on, on the cup there. They were delicious. There were some great hors d'oeuvres. Uh, notice how I called them hors d'oeuvres and not even appetizers. I really classed it up there. Um, and Davis Love was there looking great. Mr. Ralph Lauren himself. By the way, it's Ralph Lauren. It's not Ralph Lauren. I've been saying it wrong my entire life. Even I hate to say even Davis Love said it wrong when he got up there, and he's been sponsored by them for about 20 years. But it's Ralph Lauren. They have a beautiful store in Midtown. Is this a plug? Beautiful, beautiful store. I, I probably will never buy anything there. I, I go to the Ralph Lauren uh, outlets. That's more my speed. There you go. But, yeah, it was a great nice party. Responsible maybe there. maybe next next time you'll get invited, Joel. That's all right. I think I'll, I think I'll pass. You're principal. <laughs> Who else you got? I said we should probably get this back on track. Yeah. <laughs> next guy I'm going with is Charlie Hoffman. Uh, you know, after finishing 10th in last year's FedEx Cup, He's having a bit of a wacky campaign. He he did win this year, I believe, the Texas Open. Since then, though, not much. Not a single top ten on the resume since that one in Texas. That said, he hasn't played awful either. He has eight top 25s on his card. Um, this week especially, he, he's won this turn before and finished third last year, Ricky Fowler. 
in most salary leagues, he's kind of going at an affordable rate, which is weird. I feel like normally you see the past winners kind of jack up a little mm. bit, but haven't seen right. that with Hoffman so far. So I think that makes him a, a low-risk, high-reward play this week. Yeah. I mean, certainly he had arguably the one of the best rounds in FedEx Cup history. He shot the 62 in the final round to win uh, at TPC Boston. Yeah, that's an interesting pick right there. I'm going to go with another former champ here, and that is Adam Scott. A guy who we finally saw some life from him at, at Bethpage Black also. So I think he's rounding back into form, maybe for one last push. He entered the FedEx Cup playoffs number three in points. Um, Which is amazing given that he had such a great run to start the year right. and haven't heard from him really since exactly. April. Haven't heard from him since. But, you know, you win twice. There aren't that many guys who have won multiple times this year. And uh, certainly, somewhere Russell Knox has heard that and slapped. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I think there are five guys. So again, back to Russell Knox, right? He's one of five guys to win twice again. He's like, all right, we'll, we'll go on. And actually, who who of those guys are even Ryder Cup eligible? Only uh, Spieth and Dustin Johnson and Russell Knox. Yeah. So he's one of three Ryder Cup eligible. We're, we're talking because Adam Scott and Jason Day have multiple wins, but they are from Australia, obviously, so they can't play in the Ryder Cup. Anyway, Adam Scott, good track record here. Um, Finally shown some life. Still leads the PGA Tour strokes gained tee to green for the year. So, again, it, it all comes down to, to making some putts. Beth Page, not the toughest green, so that probably that, 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 was, a, that, that yeah. was a good matchup for him last week, I'll admit. But, you know, you get you get maybe he gets a little confidence and he, he carries that over into this week. I can see the, I can see the sentiment. It's, it's also kind of something I'm going with with Matt Kuchar, um, who – He's mentioned, you know, Jason Day. He only trails Day, Dustin Johnson, and Patrick Reed in top tens this year. Um, yeah, he's also outside the top 20 in FedEx points, which I think that kind of alludes to his issues at the majors this year. Yeah. Um, but really, outside those majors, Kuchar's arguably the most consistent guy on tour. Um, finished ninth in Boston in 2015, has another top 10 under his belt here before. Uh, we mentioned earlier that this course rewards good putters. Uh, I think that certainly fits Kuchar. Ranks 21st in strokes gained putting and 13th in total putting. As we saw in the final round at Bethpage, I think he hit 16 greens in regulation. That's something I think we'll carry over this week. I think outside that top names, I think he's a surefire bet as you can find. Um, my last pick, again, you have an extra day to kind of monitor this. So I'm going with Henrik Stenson, who withdrew from the Barclays after a first-round 74. Now, he also withdrew... Uh, in during the second round of the U.S. Open, when it looked like he probably wasn't going to make the cut, and he didn't want to wake up early, probably I hate you know he, he had a he had an injury pop up. Let's just say, he then won the next week. So obviously it wasn't that serious. Um, so I, I'm expecting another quick turnaround from him. Darren Clark is on the record as saying he talked to Henrik Stenson, and the WD was purely precautionary. So. I don't think it's that much. Stenson did say it was the right knee, which was the knee he had operated on uh, in December. Again, he made a pretty nice recovery. He had the best year of his career. So let's uh, not forget too. Beth Page is one of the hardest courses to walk. Oh, PGA it's Tour. brutal. Yeah, it, it it's a tough. It's uh, Jason Day was fatigued. I mean, let's you know right there, and he's uh, in pretty good shape. So I'm not going to comment. Yeah, I don't want to get fired. <laughs> and I, and you know what? It's so funny because I saw Henrik Stenson walking to his car. On Thursday, and I didn't think anything of it. I hadn't heard about his, and then a couple hours later, I heard, and, and you know, again, he was just walking to his car, but he looked pretty good. You know, he wasn't he wasn't on crutches or anything like that. So, again, I'm plugging Henrik Stenson into the lineup right now. If for some reason he 
withdraws, again, you have till Friday to monitor this situation, um, you take him out. But he's a former champ here. I think he's going to be in the field. And if he is in the field, he's not going to be messing around some knee injury with the Ryder Cup looming and, and the Tour Championship looming and, and anything like that. So I think he'll be good to go as long as he's there. I'm with you. Not only did he won this event, he also finished second last year. So right. uh, that alone, I think you have, to, you have to go with sense. And one guy I'm staying away from, however, is Chris Kirk, who I've seen his name in a few places this week, mostly due to Kirk's win in 2014. He did have top 30 finishes in 2013 and 2015 here as well. So not well, he's not a one-trick pony at TPC Boston by any means. That said, don't be fooled. Kirk's game is an absolute mess right now. Uh, missed the weekend six of his last 11 tournaments, and his putting has totally betrayed him when he had that really hmm. nice 2014 season. I think he ranked 22nd in strokes game putting. This year he's like 103. So like we mentioned it's imperative at TPC Boston have a hot short game. That's something that all the evidence says a label we just can't put on Kirk right now. Well, speaking of guys struggling with the putting, I am staying away from Rory McIlroy, and that's despite the fact that he is a past champion here as well. Uh, Rory and Joel could speak more to this. He's more of an equipment geek than than I am. Rory, Rory, of course, made a big change in equipment last week. Of course, this just came a couple weeks after the big Nike announcement. They're getting out of the golf club business. Uh, Rory has said he's got enough golf balls saved up for three years, but he's obviously not confident enough in his Nike method model. He changed to a Scotty Cameron mallet of some sort. He, bottom line is, though, of all the, of the 79 players who made the cut at Bethpage, he ranked 77th in strokes game putting. So I know it probably takes a little time, uh, but he said something really interesting also after one of the rounds. He said that his misses on the practice green are left and then his misses on the course are right. So he's all kinds of messed up right now in the greens. Uh, the, the putter change probably didn't help. Who's to say it might not going forward? But right now, I'm staying away. W- what else did I mean? Well, the crazy thing to too is the little bit I saw on the putting green. This is one of those things where sometimes when guys have putting woes, they go, "You know what? At the putting green, I'm putting, I'm doing well. Yeah. They're just not going in." It, he really is struggling even on the putting green. Even <laughs> six feet, seven feet away, there'd be chance. Well, he'd have seven balls down. He'd make one out of the seven. It was you just felt sad for the guy. I mean, he really is struggling it, with the putting. It, it's definitely you know the Indian, not the arrow. Yeah, and it's. It's not the putt. It's clearly not the the Nike or the Cameron putter. Um, I I do think going to the mallet will be better for his stroke. He he's got a more, um, I should say, kind of pendulum swing rather than, than straight back, straight forward. So I think that ultimately will help him. But man, if he struggled at Beth Page, we mentioned those greens are right in front of you. That they're they're very flat, very little undulation. Can't say the same this week. If he struggled at Beth Page, I. I don't imagine what's going to happen um, this weekend. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Rory, it, it could be bad news bears again. Yeah, it is a shame because he's wasting some of the best ball striking we've probably ever seen. And and he just can't, you know, he just can't put it. He's had a good year, but not the year that we've come to expect from a guy who was the clear-cut number one player in the world just, you know, a couple of years ago and has, has done that a couple times, obviously, with, with – winning flurries of tournaments we just haven't seen that big flurry from him this year and it's tough to do that when you just can't make putts but he really is kind of just wasting this great ball spike striking which is kind of how i feel i waste the opposite i waste such a great short game because my ball striking is terrible and it's uh, pretty bad yeah it's just brutal right now i you know maybe a hell of a i wish i could give though. yeah exactly i wish i could give my short game to a better ball striker and we could 
combined I think I'd forces. still take Roy Short game over you. No yeah, offense. probably. <laughs> probably. Although, eh, I don't know. I'd like to have a putting competition. Yeah, Roy, right the, now. you know, next time you Roy, come, come to the golf City, digest, yeah. yeah, we got a putting green here. Exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll go. Although, neither of us have figured out that green yet. That's tough. No. We got to work on that. Any uh, final thoughts uh, for this week as we head into week two of the FedEx Cup playoffs? Well, I was going to say, so with, I feel like the Ryder Cup is kind of, overshadowed this week it's it we had a really good start to the the event with you mentioned with reed and fowler uh who do you let granted anything can happen over the next couple weeks is jason day still your pick going forward to win the fedex cup yes and he and and he will win player of the year as well going with that okay over over no over over dustin Dustin johnson Johnson. yeah well over dustin johnson and stenson now to for that to happen he has to win at least the tour championship Probably one other event, but if he does that, I think he could. With with the, if he separates himself by a couple wins, I think then is when you start to say, well, yeah, he didn't win a major, but um, right now I still think Dustin Johnson, if it ended today, would have to be the player of the year. But um, Jason Day still has the firepower to get get back in there. And last week was crazy. He it's another week. He he couldn't find the golf course with the gps you know a system he 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 was so bad off the tee and yet there he was contending yeah Yeah. at the end and 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 missing short putts too of course he made that 71 footer with with about 25 feet of break that was amazing but he um he you know he's just such a great player that even when he has a bad week he finishes in the top five so i'm expecting three more good finishes by him i'm expecting him to win at least one of these events and um yeah, he's he's the favorite favorite to win. Any what? any thought if let's say if Spieth went top ten and maybe win win, does he even come in that conversation with four wins on the year, or is he is he still so far? Well, behind? no, he still has a chance too. I mean, win if anybody goes win win and nobody else who is a contender does anything big, then yes, he could do that. Yeah, I, I hope we see it. I mean, I I, I, I'd like to see some. You know, I like when the player of the year is kind of talked about because I feel like in other sports, you know, who wins the MVP or whatever is a big deal. And I feel like in golf, we never really even talk about it that much. I know we did last year because it was Jason Spieth Day versus nice Day. Right. And Spieth won it on that final Sunday. I think it'd be great if we, we saw something like that again. And it, regardless of who it is, I mean, it'd be great if Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson's had a tremendous year. He, he really deserves it uh, because he did win the major. But, uh, yeah, hopefully it comes down to all three of those guys. We get we get some sort of, sort of drama. I mean, the big winner, too, is the FedEx Cup. It seems like the first eight or nine years we discuss what's wrong with it, how can we fix yeah. it. Now it's the second straight year where this is proving to be a, a viable playoff seat, but, you know, system. Um, not even just, you know, golf nerds like us. I, there's, you know, friends who I feel like only watch the Masters, yeah. you know, not the Masters, but the Majors. They're really getting into it as well. Yeah. So I think maybe a little bit now that it's got a little history behind it so people can get behind it a little bit more, but – yeah, I think we're finally starting to see the dividends of this playoff system really, really come come to life. I, I think the FedEx Cup playoffs are great. They're not perfect by any means. They, the playoffs don't really work as well in golf uh, because obviously nothing's going to be as big as the the majors. But it does give us some excitement at the end of the year. The thing I don't like, and we're just talking about Henrik Stenson, and I'm thinking of like Sergio Garcia who didn't even play last week. If you miss an event, shouldn't you be eliminated? Like that's kind of you know, Henrik Stenson walks off the golf course and withdraws, but yet he's in the playoffs again next week. That seems weird. Or Sergio skips a playoff event. Last year he skipped the first two, two playoff yeah. events. Right. It's like 
then you're kind of cheapening it. Um, I know they want to they want to get as many players as they can to all the events. They don't want to shut these guys out, but you know, beef up those. It's an evolving process. Yeah, I think you're going to see some changes, especially. I don't think it's going to happen, but there have been talks of going from four tournaments to three. I think that would really yeah. sub it down. But we'll we'll see. There's an announcement this week at, at TPC Boston, whether that's either a new sponsor, which they currently don't have for next year, or elimination tournament. We'll it. see. But, but yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it is on the schedule for next year. It'd be really surprising. Right. Weekend. But right. Uh, yeah, it's even it is still relatively a fledgling thing. So I think you'll see it evolve to the point where that hopefully there'll be more penalties for missing. Yeah, first just, I mean, so. playoffs, you win or go home. That's kind of, I mean, you, you sh- there should be some sort of elimination. I know there is with the 100 players and the 70, but I'd like a little more, you know, pressure on some guys to at least meet a certain requirement to, to, to advance. But anyway, it is it is a decent system, and we got week two this week. So, again, set your lineups by Friday. Watch out for Henrik Stenson. Make sure he's playing. And uh, good luck this week. Thanks again, as always, for listening. Uh, I'm Alex Myers 3 on Twitter. And you have Joel and Beal. Joel and Beal on Twitter. And uh, please check back next week. And, uh, yeah, thanks again.